Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellum podcast, exploring the sacred in art, music, faith, and community. So Moses has a pretty difficult task. He feels insecure from the beginning, and that's why he tells, he tells God, I'm not eloquent enough. Don't, don't send me on this mission. I can't do it. I'm not good with words. And somehow the most um, insecure uh, parts of Moses become brave enough to say yes to God with God's help. He really becomes the first preacher of God's law. And that's pretty cool for someone who feels like they're not eloquent at all to speak, to speak the word of the Lord. But this is a hard task, right? Moses... Um, is given the task of confronting Pharaoh. And no matter how many times we may have heard this story in vacation Bible school or maybe on Veggie Tales, <laughs> it's a pretty intense reality that Moses is up against. This is someone who is, by all normal definitions, a pretty ordinary guy who loves God and is called to be a prophet and he ends up having to confront a powerful king, an Egyptian ruler, in defense of God's people. From Moses' time as a baby, we know that he received the name Moses from Pharaoh's daughter. Some people think maybe so. And it means I drew him out. If you think about Pharaoh's daughter drawing Moses out of the water. And... Some have even linked that this may mean that, that Moses was also the one who would draw God's people out of captivity. So that's what his name means. I drew him out. It's a beautiful name. And since Moses, from a baby, was kind of of the Egyptian people undercover in a way because of Pharaoh's daughter having grace and compassion for him, even though we think about Pharaoh and how evil and unjust Pharaoh is, it's Pharaoh's daughter who is brave enough to see Moses as human. And in doing that, she already challenges the system that will oppress Moses' people, God's people. So this story is about an average guy, a, a nobody, if you will, who goes up against someone who has lots of power and refuses to listen to the will of God. The scripture says that Moses' heart was hardened. And that's what we'll spend just a few minutes talking about today. Mos Pharaoh's heart is hardened to God's will. Moses goes up to Pharaoh and confronts him, and he follows what God has asked him to do, saying, let my people go. But how does Pharaoh respond? He says, who is this God of the Hebrews that I should listen to you and let these people go? And again and again in Exodus, the text tells us that Pharaoh's heart becomes hardened to God's will. Who is this God of the Hebrews that I should listen to you? He's more concerned with empire 
and power and greed than he is with protecting the precious children of God. And so this, this may seem like an ancient story that feels too far away to relate to, right? As modern folks in our 21st century lives, we might think that this story is hard to relate to, the violence is too extreme, but don't we still face empires and pharaohs who refuse to listen to the will of God? We still see these systems around us that bow more to money and greed and power and don't really care about the plight of God's people, even when they are being oppressed. This world can turn a blind eye can concern themselves with other agendas besides the goodwill of God. And our task as God's children, as those who follow Jesus, is to not bow down to fear, to not cower in the face of scary pharaohs, but to let bravery lead us instead. We may not have burning bushes or aha moments that make us certain that God is present, we have the harder task of showing up to defeat pharaohs on just every other average days. We have to listen to the burning fire in our hearts to know that the Spirit is with us. And it can be easy to assume that we're always on the side of Moses, the vulnerable people. But what if there's a pharaoh inside of all of us? What if we sometimes go back and forth between Moses and Pharaoh? What if the lines between good and evil are sometimes blurrier than we might think? There's a part in us, there's a Pharaoh inside of us that can be tempted to listen to greed more than God, pursue power instead of peace, and desire revenge instead of restoration. Even though it's thousands and thousands of years later, to advocate for the dignity of human life is still a controversial thing. And so how do we soften our hearts to God's will? We hear about the phrase hard-hearted. How do we become soft-hearted to where God is speaking and what God's asking us to do? even if it means using our trembling, shaking hands to make a difference, even when we're scared, even if we're not sure of the outcome. Again and again, Moses has to do all these things and um, trust God with these miracles, and he doesn't know what the outcome will be. He has to just keep standing up for what's right, even though he's not sure how the story will play out. We know the end. We know that the Israelites achieved freedom from their, cap, from their oppressor. But Moses didn't know that. He has to pave that path towards freedom with faith. So how do we soften our hearts to God's will? Well, first, I think we have to acknowledge what has made them hard in the first place. There are all kinds of 
ways that the world can influence our hearts and can make them hard to God's will. The world can tell us what's important, that money and fame and success and power and control, that those are the things that our heart should desire. And so without even knowing it, somehow we find ourselves hard-hearted. But can you remember a time when your heart felt soft? Can you remember a time when your heart broke at something you saw in the world? When something inside of you felt moved, even moved to tears. This is the soft-heartedness that God desires for us to have. The heart that says, I will go and do hard things. I will stand up to the oppressor. I will speak your word even when I'm scared. It's also easy to criticize the unjust systems we see around us in the world, but then decide to do nothing about it. We just say, oh, evil and injustice is Pharaoh's fault. We're not as bad as Pharaoh, <laughs> right? And then our hearts become hard again with apathy and detachment from the world, as if evil happens out there and only good things happen in here. But the truth is that God has a special role for each of us to play in changing the world, in dismantling systems of oppression so that the world looks like the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of Pharaoh. Remember, we believe that God rules, that God reigns. And so this means that everything that doesn't look like the heart of God must surrender its arms. Because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is coming among us, is living among us to resurrect a new kind of world. One that cares about each and every person. One that sets the captives free. So we don't get to hide from this calling. Maybe our calling, our appointment isn't as dramatic as Moses. Maybe we don't have to go and literally speak to an Egyptian pharaoh and say, let my people go. But we do have to start to listen to the still small voice that's guiding us to say hard things to have honest conversations, to advocate for those who are marginalized. We have to figure out whatever our assignment is, what part of the pattern is God asking us to weave. If you look at each of those strings by themselves, they're just strings, they're just threads. But together, they make something beautiful. And this is the will of God. We all come together and bring our part to God's kingdom. Pharaoh's 
will always value money and power over precious human life, especially the lives of children. Evil and injustice will say that the means can justify the end. But our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Ruth and Naomi, the God of Mary and Joseph and Jesus, gives us the bravery we need to resist this evil. To say, let my people go. To advocate for those who need us to stand up for them. To do the good work of the kingdom, even when we're not sure how things will play out. Even when our expectations of justice become unraveled, our hopes for politicians we think will save it all turn to disappointment. Our apathy toward a nation or community we become convinced can never change. That's exactly when the fire of the Holy Spirit can ignite God's will in us and give us the bravery, the courage, the love to show a different way. To bring a holy imagination to this world. Because it's not just about telling Pharaoh what's wrong, it's about dreaming of a world that's right. When we gather and embody this beloved community, this kingdom of God, we show the Pharaohs and the oppressors what's possible with the Holy Spirit with the spirit of Jesus who came to set the captive free. Luke 4:18, Jesus said, sent me to announce freedom for the prisoners. He has sent me so that the blind will see again. He wants me to set free those who are treated badly. This is our Lord. Our Lord is a Lord of liberation, freedom, and justice. The pharaohs of the world will keep hardening their hearts, will keep being more concerned about the bottom line, about the optics, the public relations, the pushback, and then we will say no. We will show people the heart of God. We will defend those whom God loves and cherishes. So today, here's my prayer for us. Holy God, unravel the, par the hardened parts of our heart. Show us where we need soft hearts. Give us ears to listen to your will and eyes to see the miraculous ways you are near us. Give us the courage, O oh God, to speak the truth when it needs to be heard. The resolve to keep going when oppressive systems seem to have the final say. 
Weave a new pattern in us, God. Strengthen our resolve to work for justice, advocate for the oppressed, and follow you where you lead, even if our voices shake when we speak on your behalf. Lead us, O Lord. Lead us forth. We know that you are a God who can set the captive free, who can part the Red Seas, who can turn water into wine, who can love each of us. 